This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, the virtual private network which allows fans to watch football games, films and TV shows that aren't available in your region. It even saves on travel costs, so if you're planning on travelling with the family or to watch the Amers in Europe, NordVPN allows you to purchase flights and hotels from different locations across the world and that will save you a few quid. Maybe you're a bit of a shady character and whatever you're up to, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of not getting caught. Whatever the scenario, NordVPN provide high-level protection for your data and personal information wherever you are in the world and boast the fastest virtual private network in the world. So no buffering and no lagging. So for less than a pint or a cup of coffee per month, you fans can watch all the games you want live from the comfort of your own sofa. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Way to get your exclusive discount plus four months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Westamway. Listen to the West Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Hamway podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. What a week it's been for West Ham. Four goals against Ghent that have seen us through to the semi-final of the Conference League and four goals against Bournemouth away from home that gives us some more breathing space in the Premier League. But what has happened to us? How have we turned this around so dramatically? We talk about those games and more before getting news from X and answering questions from patrons of the West Hamway. one bad performance you've written him off again have you right okay that is the end of the show so take care be lucky and until next week talk them get battered everywhere they go talk them get battered everywhere they go everywhere they go it's incredible X what a week what a week it really has been an incredible week where do we start um I'll tell you where we're going to start. Over the weekend, there was a bit of fuss made over Lucas Paqueta's real name because Paqueta is actually his nickname given to him after the place he was born. So, X, tell us what his real name is. Yeah, so his name is Talinto Kalal de Lima. <laughs> it's not a bad shout. I mean, I had it as Tolentino Coelho. Tolentino Coelho de Lima. But fucking hell, good luck making a song out of that. 
Bloody hell. Yeah. I'd on the back of the shirt out, wouldn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, fuck it, just put Lucas, mate. It's been a tight month. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we should start with that man, shouldn't we? I mean, the Patreons gave him man of the match against Bournemouth and uh, he just seems to go from strength to strength, doesn't he, Lucas? Yeah, I think he's really beginning to settle in now and show why we paid the money we did. I think um, I think previously he'd already showed he's defensively works harder than I'd perhaps anticipated, but now he's starting to add um, creativity, goals, work rate, to his overall play and I think it's almost like mirroring a little bit the season we signed Carlos Tevez you know all that hype about him took a while to get going and then sort of from March onwards was amazing and it appears that that's going to be the case of Lucas and um, yeah I think if he continues the way he is continuing then and obviously we keep him next year um, which I assume we will I think he could go on to be a real um, must have favourite if he keeps this up Oh, definitely, mate, definitely. Tolentino Calera de Lima. I'll tell you what, it's an interesting tradition with the Brazilians, isn't it? Like naming someone after where they were born. And I just think that would never work in England, would it? Can you imagine me, Dave, Terry, George, barking? <laughs> to be fair, barking actually fits in the rest of the names, I think. <laughs> yeah. I think actually, actually sounds about right, to be fair. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Imagine mine, ex WHU Leighton Stone employee. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, Dave, Terry, George, Barking, fucking hell, you couldn't get more of a Brexit name. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I dread to think what you're like um, on, a, on a weekend of the marches you attend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't. Right, let's talk about the football then. So, before the game, I think if you'd have offered me a point against Bournemouth, I'd have bitten your hand off, quite honestly, because they have been in form. And I, I, I did honestly have it booked as a really tough game, but we came away with three points uh, after a superb performance. Give us your thoughts, mate. Yeah, are we going to talk about Ghent, by the way, just out of interest? Cause we are. Okay, we right, are. yeah. Um, so, so I appreciate I'm... you telling me how to do my job, but yeah, just to confirm <laughs> that we, we will be, yeah. <laughs> I, just want to, I just didn't want to blow all my points on the Bournemouth game, and then have, have to try and say something about Ghent. So, right, okay, no, I thought the Bournemouth game was brilliant. I thought well, the intensity from the start was spot on, and it's something that we've been kind of crying out for, for for the season. You know, when we've been saying, why do we start games so slowly? Well, that was the opposite obviously getting a goal from Antonio early on and, and then Piquetta shortly after um, or whatever his name is um, it, it, really, it really settled the nerves and I thought I thought it was a, a really really good performance I thought individually every player um, was was on top of their game and then within that I include Thomas Suchek I thought he played well and offered a lot in that game so I, I think it's important that if you're going to offer critic to um, a player that you should recognise when they play well and I think um, he, whilst I still think there's more he could do, a lot of off-the-ball work he did, and defensively, um, and even going forward a couple of times was good. So it's only fair that I praise him when he plays well. I thought Chafal, um has looked really really solid recently yeah. I think I think Fabianski won't get much credit but I thought he made a number of important catches and saves um, so I think on the whole every single player played re- really really well um, and uh, a brilliant result brilliant performance great away day you know with that going on and Spurs losing as the, in the manner oh, that they were losing at the beautiful. same time as we said at the game if Carlsberg did Sunday football that would be it it was a yeah, great away day and a, a great performance and happy days yeah it was absolutely superb wasn't it I mean I think we only had about 35% possession and on paper statistically it was quite a close game but we were just ruthless in front of goal and it just shows that when you get your chances at this level you have to take them and quite a few weeks we've said that that's been an issue we haven't taken them but you know yesterday we created them and we took them so it was just an absolute joy and like I say no pun intended but the cherry on the cake was seeing yeah. the fucking Tottenham were down 5-0 after 22 minutes it was just incredible and uh, to see them lose 6-1 was just fantastic so mm. really really good and do you know what it was a good trip in general actually wasn't it because we got there about 7 o'clock on the Saturday night so we stayed over um, and we went straight out for something to eat and uh, as we've gone out We've noticed the hotel opposite us, which is called the Hotel Celebrity or the Celebrity Hotel or something like that, cheesy name for a hotel, um, was pumping out this music. And we noticed it, didn't we? And we said, God, that looks a bit lively. Didn't really think anything more of it. So we went out for something to eat, a nice Turkish meal, actually, really good. Um, and then we got a cab back. Um, and uh, 
and we noticed the music still playing. We walked back, to be fair, but... Did we walked back, yeah, I think <laughs> I was then, I can't even remember that. As I said, I've got the cab back, I started, yeah. I can't fucking remember it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Just um, to clarify, right though, we walked, because if anyone knows where we were actually staying from the Turkish, <laughs> we didn't have right lazy bastards, until it was like, literally about 100 metres down the road. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that now, actually. Um, but no, it, it was really good, and uh, we came back, and we noticed the music was still pumping, so... I think you said as we're walking through the high street, what do you want to do? Do you want to go out or, or whatnot? And I was like, I don't know, really. I'm in two minds about it. And I think we sort of eventually just agreed to watch Match of the Day and then um, and then call it a night. So that's what we did. Um, I fell asleep for about half hour during Match of the Day and I woke up and then I went downstairs for a, a, a fag and the music's still fucking pumping in this, in this opposite hotel. And uh, I just had a bit of a second wind, and I text X saying, "Look, mate, this place is proper lively over there." I said, "Do you fancy having a little walk over there and see what's going on?" And I think you were half tempted, but you sort of you went against it in the end, didn't you? Well, I've been I've been asleep. I was in my pants. I'd cleaned my teeth. I'd, uh, I'd had a quick shower. I'd, uh, I'd hung up my dancing shoes for the night. Like you know, had you? I was more keen than you were when we first talked about it. And had yeah. I, I, I had you said from the start, yeah, we'll definitely do it. Then I'd have been like, oh, okay. But and the thing is, once I know you're, and then I text you and said, well, what time will you come back? And I know when you're on it. It's usually like six, seven in the morning. If you if you reply. <laughs> Six seven in the morning, I'll have sacked it off. But if you'd replied like three, maybe three thirty, I'd be up for it. But you never replied, so I was, no. like, I was like, right, well, he's not replying, so he's obviously gone missing. I spent my life, my life chasing after walking Walker. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go around walking around at three in the morning trying to find him. So I'm gonna sack this one off. I think in the air went yeah. to went to bed. And yeah, you cast your chips in the way you was. Now I can understand the logic in that, but uh, curiosity just got the better of me. So even though he didn't want to go. I just thought, fuck it, I'm going to have a walk over there by myself. So I walked over to this hotel, and there's a, a group of birds outside the hotel, and they must have been sort of 50s, 60s, I'd say. And I said, um, I said what's going on in there, girls? I said, it sounds right lively. And they said, it's a, it's a weekender. And I said, well, what's that? He said, well, with these weekenders, you go to certain hotels around the country, and they hire out a couple of function rooms. And tonight, um, in one of the rooms is reggae, and in the other room, it's... Um, uh, it's like funky soul. And I was like, fucking that is right up my street. That is. And I said that to them. I said, I suppose it's too late to get a ticket in it. Cause this would have been probably about 11 ish, half 11. I don't know. And, uh, one of the birds said, now, do you know what? He said, uh, the bouncer knows me, um, from these other weekenders. Uh, you know, he knows me well and he knows I've paid to get in. He said, look, here's this wristband. Take it. And if you get pulled, then just show him that and you'll be all right. So I was like, oh, superb. So, um, so I took my new friends to the bar and got a, a round of tequila rose, fucking on the first of many. It cost me a fortune, tequila rose, by the way, but they got me in, so can't complain too much. I just walked in, and as soon as I walked in, I heard uh, Silly Games by uh, Janet Kay booming from the speakers, and I loved that song. I thought, fucking, this is a bit of me, this is. And then I was basically just dancing, dancing all night with, um, with, with all these people. It's such an amazing atmosphere as well. It was superb. And then that was till about, Probably, I don't know, about one-ish. And it was really weird because I think the license of the hotel don't allow music past one o'clock. So <laughs> from one o'clock, it became a silent disco. And I'm sure most people know what that is. Um, but for those that don't, the music stops in this room completely. So it goes from absolutely pumping to, to, to pin drop silence. And then you're given these headphones and you put the headphones on and then you, you basically dance to the music in the headphones but the really weird thing is is if you want to break from dancing <laughs> you take your headphones off and you go to the bar for a drink you look round you and you can hear a pin drop but there's all these people dancing it's a mad concept you know but I was doing that till about 3 o'clock in the morning and, and that's when I bowed out but I said to you I said fucking you've missed a good night there really good night so that was a good start to the trip there yeah, I felt a bit gutted afterwards. And when, when you sent me through the photos and stuff, I did, I did contemplate getting out of bed, but it's the whole, <laughs> it's the whole walking walker syndrome. I just had, I just really I thought. I was dancing I'm a, walker. I'm yeah, I didn't like, ever track no you down. Me. I was fucking living best life. Yeah, no, so I do regret it a little bit. I mean, um, yeah, I had a nice sleep, I guess, but yeah, I think it'd have been more, uh, more fun to have gone to the, uh, silent disco, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, 
it wasn't so much fun on the Sunday morning, let me tell you. So all I all I did was just top myself up throughout the day, and now I really am paying the consequences because fucking hell, I feel ropey as you like. So nothing new there, really. Just a standard no. weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, um, <laughs> tell the listeners something they don't know, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, don't. But no, going back to the football. I mean, Bournemouth was just oh, it was brilliant. And you're right in terms of starting right. It's so important. And how many times in the show have we said we just don't start? with enough intensity and energy and drive. And, you know, we, we suffer on the back of that because when teams when teams come at us and we're sitting back and we're not starting the way we should do, it just invites unnecessary pressure. And we do it at home as well, which is what I, I don't get. But recently, that hasn't been the case. And it was a brilliant case in point against Bournemouth because I just thought we were, we were brilliant and we were so clinical. And it was fantastic. What a performance. Mm. Um, and it does lead me to say, X, because I've got to be honest, I am a little bit confused about West Ham at the moment and believe me I'm not complaining I'm absolutely loving life as a West Ham fan at the moment it seems like we're on fire to be honest but where the fucking hell has it come from seriously like we're 30 odd games into a season I think it's fair to say we've been shit for most of it but now we've just sort of turned into well beaters overnight and I'm, I'm struggling to understand why well, I think it's probably a combination of things. I mean, obviously, there's no real de- definitive answer that you can say is the right one, but there's always turning points in games, you know, that the, the trigger an upturn in, in fortune, you know, the season, the great escape, the whole Tottenham game where we were 3-0 up, or not 3-0 up, but we were winning, and then it went 4-3 to them in the last minute, yet Tevez scored his first goal. That was a turning point in that season, and, you know, maybe... The, the nicking the, the win at Fulham. Oh, we've such horrendous sort of possession stats. Maybe that was it. Maybe that was, you know, they thought, right, well, we got really lucky here, but let's make the most of that luck and kick on. I think certain players like Lucas Pacata coming into form have made a big difference. Antonio stepped up his, his performances. Bowen has. Shafal has. So I think that that, I think having a steady back line has helped. As I always said when I tried to defend Moyes, having, you know, most of the season, he's been buggered by injuries. Whereas at the moment, the only player and that has been the case for maybe the last two or three weeks that has been out is Skamaka. You know, so I think having a steady team to pick from is probably another factor. I mean, the fact that players are probably thought, you know what, well, we need to sort this out. And I know people have questioned Declan Rice's leadership before, but I know full well he's been rallying the troops, getting them together, speaking to them. You know, even yesterday, like I think, you know, Fabianski and Aguard were having words with each other and Rice went around. You wouldn't have seen it on TV, but he went around trying to sort it out between the two of them. Um, his his leadership's coming coming into its own, and I think I think it's just maybe just like you know, it's just finding clicks that we're in a bit of bother here. So let's uh, let's get ourselves out of it rather than um that rather than um you know anything else. And also, I think maybe you've got to give the board credit where they've made it very clear they backed the manager, very clear that their preference was to keep the manager, um, and maybe that kind of stability with the players knowing, well, the manager's not going to change, he's here to do the job, the manager knowing he's got the backing of the of the board to turn it round, maybe that stability actually enabled them to get the results rather than, you know, with all these clubs that have chopped and changed their managers and, you know, you look at, you look at that, people were saying that, oh, West Ham assuming everyone else to change their manager but you know look at some of the teams that have changed their manager it's made little if not worse difference to their performances so maybe that's a factor as well but it's hard to pinpoint it but it is something I always felt that would happen I don't mean to gloat but it's been nice this week I've not had a single message telling me I'm a cunt for backing David Rose so, uh, so that's been a, that's been a, that's been refreshing this week as well just to not go in my DMs and, and look like and read messages as if I'm like the world's worst fucking pedo nonsense, you would call it. So it's, uh, it's been nice to actually, uh, yeah, actually have DMs. I mean, some guy did try to turn around and tell me that um, just because Suchek only touches the ball four times a half, it's what he does off the ball that matters. That was the only one I got this week, but that that was kind of 
I kind of semi understood what he was saying. Cause I actually think Sinchek's played well the last few games, but you still need to touch the ball in four, more than four times a half, whatever, whatever the circumstance. But yeah, no, no Moyes hate this week. And, uh, yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why that was. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, a lot better, a lot better. And thank God it is. And we're coming into the business end of the season now when it matters the most. So yeah. happy days. Let's hope we can maintain it. And by maintaining it, we get the, by that, I mean, we win the conference league and we, stay up comfortably with good performances in the league. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And there's one question that I asked Matty Everton on the show last week was that during that great escape, um, and then they suddenly turned into to well beaters, if you like, uh, out of nowhere. I said, was that because you were playing for the manager or playing for yourselves? And he said, 100% we were playing for ourselves. So I don't know. We don't know, do we? Is it is it David Moyes or is it a repeat of the great escape where the players are just doing it themselves? I mean, I will say one thing, to be fair to Moisey, and I mean this with the greatest respect, you could argue he's, he's probably grown a pair of bollocks in recent weeks. Because if you mm-hmm. look at what he did against Fulham, it almost felt like the penny had finally dropped that tactically it wasn't working. So he went to a four at the back. He brought back some of the old guard and also played two up top. I mean, he was doing everything that was typically not David Moyes. Mm. He was doing. And you look at the way we're starting there and you look at how, I don't know, how how attacking-minded we are. It feels to me like the players are breathing for the first time this season and they're, mm. they're being allowed to play how they want to play. Now, again, is that David Moyes saying, right, lads, I tried it my way and it ain't right, so this is how we're going to do it? If so, kudos. Or is it a case of, of, of the players are doing what they did in Matty's day? I don't know. We don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Either way, it's, it's bringing the same positive result. Well, exactly. And the thing is, you, you can't sit here and slag David Moyes off the whole time. I mean, I don't mean you. I mean, West Ham fans generally, when things aren't going well. And then the minute things start to go well, well, that's not David Moyes either. It's something else. I yeah. mean, there has to be like some consistency. We don't we don't know exactly what it is um, 100% because it could, it could be a combination of all these factors but whatever whatever the case is I think you know he's walked off the foot the, uh, a win against Fulham and seen banners David Moyes out and stuff the stuff that he's been getting on social media you know the stuff that I've been getting just for backing him I can only imagine what he's been getting um, and I, I think he's held himself well in that of course there's things that we um he should do differently. You know, I think some of the press conferences have been terrible where he's victimized players, but actually he seems to have turned that around a little bit because the last one he was praising Chaffel. Um, he was saying how well he's done recently. So maybe, maybe that is the case. And, you know, look, it was still too early to make a decision on David Moyes' future going forward. Um, the, I think you wait to the end of the season, as I've always said, wait to the end of the season and make the decision then. Um, but, you know, at the end of the Day, he we wanted a manager to come in that would keep us up. It looks like he's going to do that, and it yeah. looks like we're going to win the, win the conference league. I mean, the, the the last ten games, you know, of, of David Moyes, and bearing in mind it was probably ten games ago at least, if not before that, where people were very very vocal that he had to go, um, and that's an understatement. Um, the last ten games, and obviously some of the opposition in here is not great, but last ten games a two nil away win at Larnaca, then a draw against Aston Villa who are the form team and I actually think we could have won that game then a 4-0 win against Larnaca then a 1-0 win against Southampton Yes, a battery against Newcastle, 5-1. Then a draw, uh, sorry, a win away at Fulham. Draw away at Ghent. Draw at home to Arsenal. 4-1 win at Ghent. Uh, home to Ghent, sorry. 4-0 win at Bove Bournemouth. Now, yeah. realistically, if we'd brought in a, a new manager, would they have got better results than that? Uh, it's hard to get much better because in those 10, he's won one, two, three, four, five, six games, drawn three and lost one to Newcastle. And Newcastle are battering everyone at the moment. So, I, I, I think he's proven that he was the right person to stay in at the time to the end of the season. The, the jury now is whether he's the right person for next season. And I don't think you can make that call at the moment. I don't want to sit here and get too cocky and say, I told you also, it does feel nice. And I have, I'm being warning out there to some people. I have kept a folder of some of more of the most, some of the more abusive messages that I received over David Morris. I've kept them on a folder on my phone and I am tempted to bring those out. So if you think you're one of those people, you might want to send me a little apology. But I do, I do, I do think it's too early to call at the moment because you know we could lose the next 
Well, every games it is left now, seven games, and um, and still go down. So don't want to get too carried away. We obviously don't know whether we, how well we're going to do the conference league yet either. Clearly, David Moyes is the right person to the end of the season. Let's just see what happens at the end of that season before we make a call on whether he keeps the job or doesn't. Now, if we play like we did against Bournemouth for the remainder of the season and we win the conference league, there's got to be a strong argument for him to keep his job because the grass isn't always greener. If we then revert back to how we were playing, you know, against Newcastle and Brighton and teams like that, and we don't win the Conference League, well, then there's an argument that we he's reached his his ceiling and and we need to move on. But at this point, that's unknown. So we you know, just have to take each game as it comes. The fans get behind the team as they did. The atmosphere was brilliant at Bournemouth again. I think the atmosphere has been brilliant for the last three or four games now. If we keep that up, um, and as it was against Ghent as well, we keep that up. See where we are in the season, and let's hope we're sitting there with a dilemma as to whether we keep Moyes because he's done so well, um, rather than we definitely get rid of him because he's done so bad. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, I mean, I said to you, for me, whether he was the right man for the job or not, it depends on two things. Staying up and he, he fuck me, he's, he's got to keep those group of players in the Premier League. Otherwise, he shouldn't be managing at any level because that would be the, the ultimate foul to go down with him. So I'm confident. I am now confident for the first time in a long time that relegation um, it isn't going to be a problem for us. And then it's winning the Conference League because I know you you think this is harsh, but I honestly, with this opportunity, think it's it's inexcusable and borderline unforgivable if we don't win the Conference uh, League. That's too, I think that's too strong. I, yeah, uh, I understand. Yeah, you, you, you say that, mate. I understand why you say that, but you're saying that as if it's like a, a black and white, that this team's bigger and better than that team, so they always win. In a cup competition, it doesn't work like that. That's why you see the likes of other favourite Villarreal go out. That's why you see FC Basel beat Nice. That's why you see Lech Posman almost turn it around against Fiorentina. You know, Seville, Seville who we beat last year knocking Man United out you know football isn't paid on paper and of course we are the stronger team and in theory we should win this going forward but it doesn't always work like that of course I think David Moyes if he's to definitely put a true um, stamp for for a true case forward to be manager next year I think he does need to win it but to say it's unforgivable for not winning it I think it's too strong personally yeah, I mean, I don't, because in my lifetime, I've never seen us win a trophy. And I don't think until the rest of my years, I'll ever see a better opportunity to win it. And I, like I say, with this group of players, with the momentum that, again, give him credit for that we've got at the moment, you just you just look across the whole path from the group stage to where we are now. I, I, I just I just can't believe what an opportunity it is for us. So I just to, for him to, if, if we fall apart now... That semi-final stage, or even lose the final. For me, I'm sorry. For me, I would find that unforgivable. If it's a, it, like, if it's that easy for these things to happen, the bookmakers wouldn't exist because you'd always bet on the favourite and you'd always win. You have a you have a race. Of, I know it's a different sport, but you have a race of forty horses, which is effectively how many teams are in the we're in the conference league towards the latter stages, uh, and and the favourites rarely win. You know, if if the favourites always won every single year, there'd be no need for bookmakers because you'd go right. Who's the biggest team in this? Right, they're the biggest team. They're the favourites. Put all your money on it. Job done. It just doesn't work like that. Now, I totally understand what you're saying. That in that we are the stronger team. We should be. Um, 
uh, uh, Alkmaar in the next round and whoever's in the final on paper it looks like it should be Fiorentina we should beat them so I accept what you're saying we should win it but to say it's unforgivable and etc I think it's too strong we should win it if we don't win it there'll be a massive disappointment but to say it's unforgivable these things happen uh, clubs don't always win when they should be winning Arsenal shouldn't be top of the table they weren't that, I mean I don't know what the odds were at the start of the season but I'd imagine they were maybe fifth in the odds maybe to win the title you know Man City should win the league this year I think they were probably favourites Liverpool should be second it just doesn't work like that so I understand what you're saying but I just think that word's too strong and I think that word's almost said and I'm not necessarily saying you're doing it but it's said by others to defend the fact that they were so critical against Moyes that if they then say he has to win that tournament it backs up what they were saying when they said he has to get sacked because he's definitely going to relegate us it almost seems like it's a clutching onto straws a little bit to try and keep their opinion still relevant. Yeah, but then you could say the same about what you're saying, as in you're giving yourself a bit of a a, a comfort blanket to fall back on by saying now that he shouldn't be expected to win the, 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 the competition. No, I'm not saying, I know he should be expected, 100%. He should win from this point onwards. If we don't win that tournament, I'd be very disappointed to the point that if we don't win this tournament in the summer, I would probably lean more to the fact that I think he should go. Because the, what I've always said is, if he's going to stay on next year, we need to win the Conference League and then we need to stay up convincingly. Um, so that has always been my argument. If there's the, and even then, I'm still not convinced he's the right man because there might be someone like maybe a Brendan Rogers, maybe a, a Carrick, whoever, that could be a better option. But I to turn around and say that it's unforgivable. I just think it's too, too strong. He should win it and I expect him to win it. But if he doesn't win it, it's a completely destroy the man over it would be too harsh well I think destroy the man I mean I'm not I'm not you know planning to you know get any assassination attempts on him <laughs> win it but I do think it's unforgivable because I know what you're saying in terms of you know other teams should be winning something it doesn't always work that way I do I do understand that and I'm not even saying that it's going to be easy for us to win it but we should be now demanding success at this football club and people that would be you know okay and, and not the end of the world if we didn't win the tournament are, are probably the same people that were demanding next level after we left Upton Park this is the pressure that he should be under now and and you talk about you know every year this team doesn't win that or every year this team no but every team doesn't get this opportunity that we've got that I'm convinced we're not going to see again for a long time if we don't take this opportunity and and the grand scale of what it would mean to the football club to the manager to the players to the fans financially because we'd be qualifying for a another European competition um, and, and a trophy in the cabinet for the first time in my life, I, I just, I, I, I wouldn't be able to forgive him for not bringing that over the line. Okay, well, yeah, fair enough. But then to, to throw a counter out to that, how many teams of West Ham's stature or size in recent years, or how many teams full stop, including the likes of Manchester City? You know, Manchester City probably are one, but I, I can't think of others that have got to two European semi finals in a row. So in terms of expectations, well, what are West Ham's expectations? Of course, we should win it this year, but actually finishing in two semi-finals in Europe, um, at a minimum. It is is not a bad achievement. You know, if you'd said that to me uh, in the your start of two thousands, in the nineties, whatever, West Ham would get to two European Cup semi finals. I'd have been like, "Fucking hell, and that's brilliant." Now we're saying, "Oh yeah, well, he we should win it, and that's not good enough if we don't." Yeah, but uh, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I think I, I don't think I'm the only West Ham fan that would say that. Oh, either. And, and you, you talk about the achievement of two European Cup semi-finals. I and mean, again, on paper, amazing. The Europa League campaign, David Moyes absolutely massively overachieved to get to the semi-final of that competition. There's no two ways about it. But then he underachieved by not winning it. Because he'd done the hard work. And then we fell apart against what I thought was a bang average Frankfurt side. Again, an opportunity missed. And in this season, we haven't had to overachieve because we are where we are expected to be in that competition because of the unbelievable route we've got to the final. And I now do demand for the first fucking time in my life 
that we should win this competition because that level of demand should be placed on West Ham these days. This was the whole premise behind leaving Upton Park and the whole next level in inverted commas. That is what we should be demanding. And actually, what an incredible opportunity we've got. Mind-blowing, by the way the route to the, the final, absolutely mind-blowing. We'll never get a better opportunity. So we have to go out and fucking win it. We have to. Because, I, I you know, the, the Europa League campaign was incredible. But the heartbreak and the disappointment of having done the hard work, then losing to Frankfurt at a semi-final, you know, I look back at that now, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm judging this by my emotions. I don't know if it was if it was a greater emotion beating Seville Leon or the heartbreak of getting knocked out by a team that we should have been beating. I don't know. It's a 50-50. I mean, if a coaster. you can throw into that semi-final. We had a player sent off, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, you can, you, you're saying Moyes should have delivered in that semi-final, but after 10 minutes in the second leg, was it, I think, from memory, he we had a player sent off. You know, like that... that <laughs> You know, he can't stop a player getting sent off after 10 minutes, and yet he's taking all the stick for it. Look, I, I, I'm still, I'm not changing my stance here. I still believe David Moyes does need to win this trophy, and it's so important that he does win this trophy that I believe that his future, alongside steady performances in the league, like we've seen recently, are crucial to whether you can even consider him being a manager. So it's in a majority of the, the majority of what I'm saying is I'm agreeing with you, but I just think you're almost saying it's like it's a certainty we have to win that trophy. It's not a certainty, but but it's expected that he should win. Yeah, and I and I agree. But if he doesn't, and that's that's a failure for me. Uh, yeah, it, it probably is a failure, but to say it like the way you said at the start, I mean, I think it's toned down a bit now, but to say that it's, it's like almost scandalous, we don't win it, is too strong. Unforgivable is what I said. And I stick Unforg- with that. Unforgivable. I still think that's, I think that's too strong. So if you look back on David Moyes' career, you would say, all right, he did well for us, but it's unforgivable. We didn't win the Conference League. Yeah, 100%. Okay. 100%. 100%. Fair enough. I would Fair never, enough. ever get over not winning this competition because of the unbelievable opportunity that we've got. It's unheard of. I don't think we'll ever get it again, an easier route to a cup final. And we and we, we should be placing this level of demand on David Moyes because of the squad of players that he's got and who's left in the competition and the fact that we don't get opportunities like this at West Ham. So to not bring it home when you are the best football club left in that competition would be unforgivable. But let's talk about Ghent, because one thing that we are in agreement on is that that was another fantastic night at the London Stadium, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, I mean, we started a bit slow in that game. I thought, well, I don't know, I thought we played, we started well, but then obviously conceded early, but it showed good spirit to get back in it. And then obviously that that spell where all the goals went in the second half was amazing. Declan's goal was world-class. You know, that's two good goals in two games. You know, people yeah. saying that he doesn't score enough goals, these football experts out there. Well, he scored for England recently and he scored those two goals, so he's proving them wrong. I think his leadership's been brilliant many of question his leadership this season I mean, he showed that um, recently to be a strength as well and I thought the whole team played really really well the energy the drive the desire was there and all you know people have said whether Moyes has lost the dressing room I think you just have to look at the Bournemouth game and look at the Ghent performance and yes there's the argument is it the players doing it for themselves um, there is that argument because I you know I always said you players don't want a relegation on their CV no matter what mm. status of their career they're at and stage of their career they're at um, but the, the, it was a great performance you know we the away game you know as we were walking out of that stadium at one all many were slagging Moyes off I understand why they were slagging him off because the performance wasn't great I said the same but the one all platform actually enabled that home win to, to come because we we just had to play well on the day because that game was effectively written off and I thought I thought we played really really well and I think the centre backs um, are starting to um, play the gel, you know, Gwed and Zuma, and they played well in that game. They played well against um, Bournemouth. I thought Shafal started to be really solid. I think Fabianski started to do well. All the players, Suchek even, I think he played well in that yeah. game. You know, so that's two good performances from Suchek now. So uh, I think 
I think all the players, Bowen's another that's here for. Do you know what? It's weird. The only player possibly that's not quite at the same level as he was before is Ben Rama. <laughs> no, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, which is really he, weird. For, for a long period of this season, he, you could argue he's been our best player. But exactly. It's been a bit of a role reversal now, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. He seems to be the only one that's not quite hit the standards, but we can excuse him because he's been, he's been, you know, great for most of the season. Um, so yeah, it's a great performance. The Arsenal was a great performance. Arsenal came was a great performance. This was a great performance. Bournemouth was a great performance. I think we've got to go to Liverpool, and I'm very mixed minds about what to do. That do we, with that game, do we rest some players and go into the Palace game more fresh, which is arguably the more winnable game? But Liverpool are not necessarily that much better than Palace in terms of form at the moment. Um, and Liverpool are vulnerable, or do we stick with the same team? You know, we've rotated that team so much this season that maybe they should be able to play. Antonio came off again after. 60 minutes so I think you've got to start him because he he's he's been really important um, and you know certain players came off the only yeah I, I think I would I think I would literally play the same team against Liverpool that played against Bournemouth and then get them hope try and get the points there and if see where we are at Palace and take it game by game but yeah the game performance is brilliant and it's just happy days mate we're in a European semi-final you know yeah. we're going to Amsterdam we've had a lads tour this year Iron App at Amsterdam hopefully <laughs> Hopefully Prague thrown in as well, um, yeah. and so it's um, yeah, it's it's great times, and you know the, all the shit that's happened before. This would be typical West Ham. It's it's got that writing <laughs> yeah. on it. Spend the whole season fucking moaning and wanting yeah. the manager <laughs> and, and then we actually win a trophy and stay up convincingly. You know that that would be mm. a West Ham story. So let's hope let's hope <laughs> that it does actually turn out that way. Yeah, it's another quality trip to look forward to, isn't it, with um, mm. with Amsterdam, which I think is about, what, 40 minutes from Alkmaar, is that about right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, what are you looking forward to over there? Obviously, I know you said you want to do Anne Frank and smoke some weed and go through some brasses. Is there anything else? To <laughs> <laughs> so be fair, I think I only said one of those, and that was going to, to, to sum me up. It was to go to the Anne, Anne Frank Museum. But um, I am, yeah, no, I've, I've been to Amsterdam once before on a stag do, and it was, um, it was a good laugh. And, I, and to be fair, I was. I don't remember a huge amount of the stag do because that was about when I was at 25, 26, and I was a lot more... Uh, irresponsible, shall we say? I didn't have a walking walker to look after then, so, uh, so, I, so I was, uh, I was, uh, but yeah, I don't remember it too much. So I'm looking forward to going back. Slightly stressed, and overseas bookings managers only me that really stresses about this. Like how we, you know, how we're actually going to get to Outmar and back. I mean, I'm sure we could get a cab, but it's just making sure the cab turns up and is able to pick us up and not dump us in the heart of like fucking what happened in Adelaide so yeah, we'll see yeah. we'll see what happens there um, but um, yeah aside from that I'm absolutely buzzing for the trip to Amsterdam definitely yeah me too mate me too I, I, I've been as well but I went, I went years ago years and years ago and it's funny because I took my missus and uh, we wanted to hire some bikes because they love bikes and trams in Amsterdam and uh, we went to hire some bikes. <laughs> I remember this this geezer who was in charge of the rentals. Um, we're looking at these bikes, and uh, I said to him, "It's so laid back. Honestly, any more laid back, he'd have fallen off his chair." I said, um, "Mate, what's the difference between these two bikes? We're looking to take one out." And he took a drag of his fag, and he went, "That one has brakes." I said, "Oh fuck me, I'll take that one then." It's quite funny, really. Um, but yeah, great place. Really looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, like you say, if you can then look at Prague after that, well, one hell of a campaign this would have been. One hell of a yeah. campaign. Um, so if you're talking about points, then, X, so what are you expecting rather than hoping for against Liverpool and Palace? It's so tough. It's just so tough to predict at the moment. It really, really is. I mean, I... <laughs> I'd be disappointed if we lost both games. I think, I think if we had was to take a draw from each game, I'd probably take that. Um, so I, I feel like we can beat Liverpool or at least play well against Liverpool. Look, we played really well against Arsenal, and yes, Arsenal uh, appearing to be in a bit of a like you know maybe they're going to bottle it and do a Spurs become Spursy, but they did go to Anfield and get a, and were two 0 up and probably should have won that game. I think Liverpool struggled against lots for Nottingham Forest this weekend. I, I think they are there for the taking. You know, like, uh, the way we're playing at the moment, I'd be disappointed if we don't at least give them a good game 
Mm. And then Crystal Palace, you know, everyone's been going on about uh, CX. And when you change your manager, look what happens. And I always said he'd played a couple of weak teams. He played Southampton and Leicester under Rogers. They play Everton at home at the weekend and they only managed to draw. So I still think that their recent form has maybe glossed over what their actual ability is. So I would hopefully expect at least to draw there as well. We're very inconsistent away at Crystal Palace. Sometimes we win, sometimes we throw it away. Antonio mm. gives the ball away often in the last few minutes against <laughs> Palace. So um, I, I would be disappointed if we don't draw a minimum both games. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I agree with that. Well, one thing that we haven't looked at in a while is the predictions league. Yeah, let's move um, on. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, you all know how the story goes. X still cannot seem to beat his old mate at this game. And because, the, prospect, yeah. the prospect of losing to me for a fourth consecutive year is slowly becoming a reality. Okay, um, let's just put this into context a little bit. So <laughs> so on Saturday, I, I, I was really, really annoyed. This is brilliant, that, by the way. Really, really annoyed that... Um, that obviously we're not really annoyed I was reassured you know Arsenal didn't win everyone let's be honest no one really saw Southampton going there and getting anything so an <laughs> Arsenal win was um, was what you'd expect so let's be honest no one's going to not put that I don't think and if you did and you play that league fair play to you but the majority would have gone for a, an Arsenal win so I didn't really think much of it because I didn't even check it for oh yeah no problem Dave Dave would have done that as well so you know either way we're both not we're both going to have lost the points then and then I look at look at the leads. I look at the lead table very briefly just to see how much I needed to you know make up this weekend to catch up. And I see that I've got Dave's got zero and I've got minus twelve. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I look at it and shock <laughs> without someone organising him. He's forgotten to fucking do the prediction again. So he actually benefited from not doing the prediction and got a, a twelve point head start on me over the weekend. And actually looking at the lead this week that 12 points would have put us about equal for this week's mm, total no, I, no I'm not sure not, not, not equal overall over, oh equal, okay equal yeah, this yeah. week equal this week you're about 90 ahead of me I think overall but for this week it would have made us like about an equal game week so to speak but shock yeah. lucky walking <laughs> walker strikes again well, I mean, to be fair, you know, I'm a bit gutted because I was actually going to predict two all Southampton and Arsenal. Yeah, bollocks. And I forgot to be- <laughs> <laughs> and obviously it was three all, and oh, I don't know, but um, but no, in all seriousness, that that was hilarious because I didn't even know they were playing Arsenal and Southampton on the Friday, so I actually did forget to predict a game that I didn't even know was happening. So yes, I'll give you that. I, I that was a touch. That was an absolute touch, and I know that you would have predicted an Arsenal win. And in all seriousness, so would I. So I had a touch then. However, let's not gloss over the fact, Mr. X, that there was one week where I forgot to predict every game. And there were some bloody predictions. No, not every game. game one, well. one day's worth. Well, you got the Sunday games, you missed all of Saturday, I think. Right, but there's quite a number of fixtures, though, to be yeah. fair. And mm. that, purely because of that, you you then took me over. So that was bad luck, Walker. Rearing its head there. Yeah, so but then, good, so then good bloke X, though. Good bloke X offered to, offered to, what did I say for you to do? Contact Cairo, the guy that runs it, yes. and, be, and be honest and say, look, this is what I'm predicting, and I was going to let you have whatever you said. Honesty was your result. Now, yeah. I can't, you can't ask for more gentlemanly or fairer than that. No. And likewise, I politely rejected your kind offer and said, no, my mistake, I'll take it on the chin, which I did. Um, no. And it is now uh, it is now at a stage where I'm currently 90th with 2,495 points and X is 110th with 2,410. However, the real story in this competition is the incredible achievement of Christopher Powell. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, X ridiculous. is I don't know how he's doing it. Mate, he's if, he's bet, if he's betting on games, oh, I mean, he'd, be, he'd be in a mansion by now. It's incredible. He is top and clear at the top by over 600 points. Unbelievable. Over 600 points, um, more than Billy Crover in second. And George Williams is in third. Ben Holding is in fourth. And Harry Lyons is in fifth. So surely the ribbons are already on the trophy for Christopher X. Some like that. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's bloody impressive, to be honest with you. You know, like, uh, I don't know how he's managed to do that, but that's phenomenal. 600 points ahead of the next person. So, yeah, I really do hope he backs his judgment and puts some money on some of those games, particularly cool. some of the obscure ones that he's obviously called. And he could have made himself a nice little earner this, uh, this season. So, yeah, fair, fair play to him. I mean, we do all know that fantasy football is the better game, so I hope he's good at that as well. But for this game, I'm really pleased for him. <laughs> what a lot of shit. Um, I tell you one thing that we didn't mention was um, the burger at Bournemouth. Oh, yes, yeah. That, that was decent, wasn't it? Quite unexpectedly decent. Yeah. And it got a rating of 8.5 that we agreed on. And I don't actually know what that does for them in the table, because that's quite a high score, I think. Yeah, it's a bit of a roller coaster that burger, I think, because it kind of went from, like, we weren't too sure, you know, it didn't come with onions, which is a bit of a schoolboy to not have yeah. that as an offering. Um, and then it was a bit of a roller coaster ride, because the actual meat was really nice, but then... To know there was some, something about it. it wasn't quite right, and then it was lovely, and yeah, it was a bit like our season, really up and down, up and down. But yeah. I think once we'd uh, kind of like settled on, like it, I think we realised that it was actually a good one. But there were a couple of schoolboy areas that we made, so we didn't we didn't find out the price. But from memory, mm. I think it was only about four pound fifty, five pound. I don't remember looking at it, thinking, "Wow, that's really expensive." No. So I think so I think price it was fine. And the other factor as well was um the surroundings that we were in. You know, we were right outside the, the toilet at the um, at the away day at Bournemouth where amb- ambience wasn't quite uh, quite as nice as outside. So uh, so Bournemouth have done bloody well to turn to pull that off and you know, whilst they'd have been gutted at the four nil defeat, once they get wind of that news that they actually registered eight point five. I think it'll go a long way to soften that defeat to be fair. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Um yeah, it's, it was um, it was it was really good actually, it really good. But you're right about the onions. I think it would have been a nine maybe if uh, if the onions yeah. had been in there. And actually, ironically, we're looking around the stadium to try and pop, find a burger van, and there wasn't one. So we was actually discussing a, what is it a minus ten point deduction for not having a burger stall, and then um, and then they absolutely turned it around at the last minute by having a burger in the stadium. So fair play. I mean, that's a roller coaster to go yeah. from literally minus points to actually right up there in this division now um, is fair play. But do you know what crossed my mind? <laughs> do you know what crossed my mind? Right. Normally, when we do these burger reviews, wherever we go. We'll get the burger and then we'll try and sort of nestle ourselves out the way somewhere, maybe sort of like near an alleyway or something like that. And and I thought to myself, for those people that don't know who we are and don't know what we do, I wonder if they ever walk past us and think that this is some sort of pedo sting or something. You know, you see those videos. <laughs> you're standing there with your phone, like it's like I've just been captured. You know, you know this is the 13 year old boy you thought you was talking to, Dave. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, but you're very casual about it, to be fair. You're standing there eating a burger. You don't see, you yeah. don't see, you don't see that bothered about the allegation being thrown at you. Yeah. <laughs> whole life is about to collapse because I'm going viral for being a giant mega pedo. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I was eating a burger quite casually. No, that is a good point. I mean, maybe the burger will, uh, will stop people from clumping me, actually, coming to the wrong assumption on that. Yeah. I was trying to help the police. Honestly, I was trying to help them. Um, oh, God, that's so funny. But that came into my mind. I thought, fuck me, I hope people don't actually think that it is that sort of video. Because <laughs> visually, from a distance, it probably does look like one. Yeah, there must oh, have been yeah. a couple of people that did look at us and think, what are we doing? But um, <laughs> fair enough, this is, this is the Sacrifices we make for Patreon, yeah, 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 yeah. Our our reputation, you know, out there is put on the line at times to bring you the content that you want. (laughs) There you go, there you go. Right, okay, it's time to see what's what. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.